0: Hello from Ellensburg, Washington, USA. This is the Nick Zentner Geology Podcast, episode 32, Tianaway Rhyolite? <laughs> Thanks for listening. Well, that's not a good sign. We've got an episode with a question mark in the title. Not exactly a sign of confidence and authoritative delivery of geologic content, is it? Uh, no, it's not, but we're doing it anyway. Uh, I- I'm... Particularly interested these days in some rhyolite that's very close to where I live. It's about, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minute drive north of Ellensburg, up and over Table Mountain, drop into the First Creek area, and we're approaching the Tianaway River Valley, if you happen to know the area, and um, there's some rhyolite up there. And that rhyolite is juicy, meaning it's got some detail that is exposing a brand new story that was completely unknown to me until the last month. I mean, I've been teaching Washington geology a long time now. I've got a decent feel for what's going on regionally. And yet, this area is so close to where I live There's a major chapter that has been missing to me, and this rhyolite, perhaps, is a big part of this chapter. So you never know how these things go. You might get to a point where you follow through on all these leads like a detective, and you never do kind of reach the finish line. You never do find this major story that you think you might have. But on the other hand, there's enough characters in this detective story that are contributing information from all walks of life I might add that are making this quite a fun pastime and I need to be working on some new lectures and I'm getting um, sucked into this local story that I will use somehow in public outreach but for right now it's I can't walk away from it and yet I need to be doing other stuff. Uh, I'm done with the Bretts thing, by the way. <laughs> I'm not going to weave J. Harlan Bretts into this one like I had the last three episodes. Uh, but it, it's been almost a month since the last podcast episode. Sorry about that delay. Things have gotten wild here lately. Uh, but things have calmed down now in December here, and I'm hoping to crank out a few of these. So thanks for sticking with the podcast. So let me give you the headline. And then I'll give you some backstory on how I've gotten to this point. There are some brand new dates on some Tianaway rhyolite that are in the neighborhood of 24 million years ago. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but that's accurate. Mike Eddy has been doing some high-precision uranium lead dates on some zircons collected from a bunch of igneous rocks across central Washington. I'm a big fan of his work. And in the footnotes of one of his papers about four years ago, I was alerted to this by a guy named Andy, um, that he had these crazy young dates for some rhyolite from the Tianaway. Basically, $24 million, $25 million, that sort of thing. Now, if you're a, an excellent podcast uh, student, uh, and you're, you're really on top of all of our episodes, we were talking about the Ellensburg Blue Agates, do you recall? Uh, and the Liberty Gold, those two episodes. If you want to, you could listen to those again as a little primer. But basically, the message was, uh, there is something called the Tiannawipas Salt that's 49 million years old. That date also comes from Mike Eddy. 49 million years old. And that Tianaway basalt is responsible for the gold of liberty and the blue agates, known locally as Ellensburg blue agates. But I'm sure in those two podcast episodes, the gold and the blue agates, I talked about some uncertainty. And the uncertainty is the basalt, the Tianaway basalt is 49 million years old. But are we sure the, the gold and the blue agates are 49? Well, that's kind of where it stood for a while and still stands in my mind for the most part with that question. But I'm blown away by the discovery, just by reading this in a scientific paper five years after the fact, that this rhyolite in that same area is not 49 million years old, but it's 24 million years old, half the age. So I know of nothing going on in central Washington 24 million years ago. It's before the flood basalts, the Columbia River basalts. It's certainly before the ice age. It's after all the exotic terrains came in. It represents a time frame that I just haven't thought much about. But I'm officially excited because we might have stumbled into a new discovery of forming Ellensburg blue agates. Is it possible the Ellensburg blue agates were created more than 20 million years after the Tianaway basalt? Or, more intoxicating to those not from the area, have we stumbled into some sort of supervolcano structure, or at least some sort of caldera event within the Cascades. So I'm not going to get there today because I don't know the answer, but I do want with this episode to kind of um, share with you how my role here at the college has evolved and how I'm able to get information from a lot of different kinds of people which is a unique way of basically doing quote-unquote research. That's you know That sounds so uh, traditional, and, and my, my role and my job here is anything but traditional. And I, I don't want to talk about myself here, even though this is the Nick Center Geology Podcast. But I do want to share this excitement of, of learning from a variety of people. So let me click on this uh, email that I uh, sent to somebody so I can... See these cast of characters. So that's the that's the headline. Let me give you the backstory. Hopefully, you're interested in the backstory. I'm a public person these days, which is great. I, I have lots of people interacting, uh, talking about things they've learned, uh, samples they've collected, etc. And in this fall, I've had uh, a number of different kinds of people come in, and kind of coincidentally all. All uh, arrows are pointing to this rhyolite in the Tienawe. So I guess we'll just do first names here. So Wes lives in Liberty, retired Boeing engineer, loves history, loves to kind of keep his mind active, and he's very good at what he does. And he's been always interested in this rhyolite that's up in the Tienawe, and I haven't spent a whole lot of time following through on that, but... Wes has had a pet idea for a long time that there's some sort of buried caldera beneath the Tianaway basalt, implying that the, the Rylet must be older than the basalt, and the caldera is, is older than this Tianaway basalt, 49 million years old. Okay, well, that kind of just kind of sits there. But Wes is also connected to some other characters in the Liberty area. Wes introduced me to a guy named Carl. And Carl and his family, his dad, and um, basically more than 50 years of mining of these blue agates. And Carl is a jeweler in Tacoma, and he spent his whole career, and his dad has spent his whole career, working with these precious blue agates. Probably the authority on Ellensburg blue agates in the, in the entire Northwest. And Carl recently has come over, started visiting our department and uh so carl has we've kind of developed enough trust you know trust is an important part of this game in the in this uh buying and selling scene of blue agates and gold deposits uh, but there's trust there and mutual respect and carl is now coming over to our department to share his best blue agate samples uh to loan them to us for analysis uh, and even to give some samples to me with some host rock so that uh, I can improve my teaching. Basically, Carl said, I saw your Ellensburg blue agate lecture on YouTube, and uh, nice job, but I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he said, yeah, that's true. There's a lot of agate material in the Tianaway basalt uh, uh, cavities, uh, vesicles, etc. cetera. There's lots of gray agates. There's lots of white agates. There's lots of uh, whatever, but the real blue, the deep blue, the absolutely highly prized Ellensburg blue agates are really not coming from the basalt. This is Carl speaking. Carl says, my best blue agates are coming from this rhyolite, and specifically coming from rhyolite that is heavily fractured. He's got a, a system of... Uh, uh, I'm choosing my words carefully now. I don't want to give too much away in case anybody really cares. But uh, the idea is he's got this breccia. Uh, have you heard that word before, breccia? B-R-E-C-C-I-A. I think it's an Italian word. Uh, breccia means uh, broken pieces. So usually when you see a breccia in the field, you're you're near a fault zone. And think of rock being like a frozen taffy, and then you take a rock hammer to frozen taffy. There's one whack, and you've just shattered that that frozen taffy. Well, that's what breccia is. It's these angular blocks. And Carl has brought in a bunch of samples now of the host rock, meaning the rock that's surrounding the precious stuff. And his best blue agate material are found in these big, Veins that surround frozen taffy blocks. <laughs> it's in the breccia zone. And uh, I don't know what that means. I don't know if the breccia means there's a fault zone there, that the Ellensburg Blue Agate, the best blue is the, the good stuff is being found along this particular trend uh, that's a, an active fault or an old fault. Or uh, I don't know. What do you need? Do, do, do you need just uh, hydrothermal f- uh, fluids uh, coming up to the surface and busting up a bunch of rock and then resealing it and then busting it up again and then, and then filling it in with more fluid material like crack and seal, uh, crack and seal, crack and seal? I don't know. I don't know. But remember now, the headline is the rhyolite in the area Is 24 million years old. Is that the age of the blue agates? Do we finally have an age for the blue agates? And from my point of view, I'm less interested in the age of the blue agates and some of the detailed hydrothermal whatever, because I know very little about that world. But what I'm interested in, of course, is a good story. And the story to me, is if this Tienawe rhyolite is 24 million years, and Mike Eddy's got good dates, so I believe it, what's going on central Washington-wise, tectonically, 24 million years ago? Is this somehow, is the rhyolite of the Tienawe north of Ellensburg, 24 million years ago, is that somehow related to the Yellowstone hotspot? Lots of the other supervolcanoes in the Pacific Northwest have uh, detailed signatures talking about Yellowstone hotspot origin. Or, because we're 24 million years ago, and the Cascades are definitely working now, we definitely have Cascades starting 40 million years ago. So it's just some sort of eastern outpost of Cascade activity. Is this more related to the subduction of the Farallon Plate? Do you see how this kind of is in the in the netherworld between those two uh, opportunities? Or is there another possibility as well? Nobody seems to know. And it's my favorite thing where I'm, I'm learning from a variety of folks and I'm trying to pick up little clues from different scientific projects and trying to connect the loose ends, trying to connect the breadcrumbs together to make... A meatball? I don't know. Stupid analogy. Um, it's been more than Wes and Carl. Angela upstairs is in the instrument lab, so she's been working with Carl to try to reciprocate. In other words, Carl's helping us learn about the blue agates by giving us the details of his claim and his rhyolite and his trends and other things. And in return, Angela is trying to provide geochemical detail of his samples to help him better understand um, a positive ID for the best blue agates. Let's throw in some other characters. Uh, Quite regularly I get folks visiting my office and they are asking if they have a meteorite or do they have petrified wood or basically do I have something valuable. And I had three guys um, come to my office, I don't know, three weeks ago. And they had just huge uh, five-gallon buckets full of these amazing agates. And after visiting with them out in the hallway, you know, just one sample after another, and they were very excited to show me all this stuff, lots of green agates, kind of um, druzy quartz and other kinds of uh, geometries of agates that I really had never seen before. And I said, well, where in the world are you guys finding this stuff? And they say, well, we're up in the First Creek area, and uh, we're kind of in rhyolite, kind of this altered rhyolite. So it's a crazy coincidence that they're coming in at the same time that I'm learning from Carl. And it turns out uh, they were working the same hillside that, that Carl's claims are, hopefully not overlapping with Carl's stuff. Um, so they've come in three different times uh, to, sh- to show and tell what they have. And I've shared their photos with Paul Hoskin, who was a professor here for a while, 10 years ago, doing some initial work on the Ellensburg Blue Agate. So Hoskin's throwing in his thoughts about what they're finding, and is very excited about what they're finding. About a year ago, there was a person who'd seen some of the programs and wanted to visit, and we met over coffee, and then he said, I want you to see my house and he's on the edge of Ellensburg, and he was a retired logger who spent his whole career up in the Tianaway cutting trees. Uh, but he knew every square inch of the Tianaway, and his favorite rock was the rhyolite of the Tianaway. And uh, in a younger, in his younger days, he actually quarried. Uh, a bunch of that rhyolite, brought it by hand into Ellensburg and built a house out of the Tianaway rhyolite. A house and fireplace, et cetera. So he showed me the fireplace. He showed me some of the facing on the outside of the house with this Tianaway rhyolite. And then again, we're, are you keeping track of all these characters? Roughly at the same time, I got interested in the pinnacles above Wenatchee. There's a rock called Saddle Rock, there's Black Thumb, there's Castle Rock, there's the Stimult Spires, I'm forgetting a couple others right now, um, pinnacles above Wenatchee that I knew very little about, and uh, there's a gal who's uh, a filmmaker Uh, who's teaching a uh, high school class on making films. And she asked me to come over last year to Wenatchee to go into their studio, and they wanted to film me uh, talking about the geologist's point of view of how those pinnacles and spires formed and what we knew about them. And I confessed to her I knew very little about those things. So I had to do some reading and kind of do my homework before they put me on film, and that film, by the way, is is uh, very well done, called A Winter's Tale. It will be available, I guess, eventually uh, in theaters, I'm not quite sure, on Netflix, I have no idea, um, but it's, it's high quality, and it's going back and forth between me and a um, Wenatchee tribal elder, who is a gifted storyteller by the name of Randy Lewis, they're actually premiering the movie tomorrow night in Wenatchee, so I'll be meeting Randy for the first time and we'll uh, um, watch this film together and then I guess do a little Q&A in the theater afterwards. But this is also related to the Rhyolite, if you can believe it. Can you believe all these things coming together? Um, the, many of the pinnacles above Wenatchee, Washington are Rhyolite and they have rough dates on them. And 30 years ago, there was a guy named Jacob Margolis who was studying some of that. There's a gold mine, a couple of gold mines in the Wenatchee area, gold and silver. And some of those early dates are back in the 40s. In other words, 40 million years old, 44 million years old, 45 million years old. But there's a guy named Jeff Tepper who I've gotten to know over the last few years who teaches at Puget Sound uh, uh, University. And he has uh, undergraduate theses. He has seniors who are um, running samples, uh, collecting zircons out of samples, and getting high-precision dates for igneous rocks in eastern Washington. And so through the years, Jeff has mentored these students and every year they go and collect a new granite or a new rhyolite or a new rhyodacite or whatever, and they get um, a little project written up. And uh, so after a a full career of this, Jeff has an amazing collection of high-precision dates of uh, igneous rocks in eastern Washington that are older than the Columbia River basalts. My pet name for Jeff is Mr. Eocene, because all of his work has been coming from the Eocene, and he has developed emerging, a, a a kind of an emerging story involving the rollback and the tear of the Farallon plate. Boy, this episode is everywhere, it seems, but if you're listening very carefully, all of this works together, because Wenatchee and the Tiana Way are not very far away from each other, and nobody, to my knowledge, has ever written up or explored, the details of a connection between the Rhyolites of Wenatchee and the Rhyolites in the Tianoe? And are all of these units part of a bigger story? The last person I'll bring into this as a list of characters is Andrew Sadowski. He's a newly hired geology mapper in central Washington, He works for the Washington Geological Survey. He's a younger guy. Uh, And he recently moved to Ellensburg. He has an office just down the hall from me. I haven't seen him much because as soon as he started work this summer, he was out in the field every day making a new geologic map of Ellensburg North quadrangle. And the whole summer he's been working on uh, the Columbia River basalts, which we know mostly uh, what the story is, and some interbeds between them, which... Andrew will find some new dates, I suppose. Uh, But that's all the Miocene. That's all roughly 16 million years old. And then he was mapping some stuff in the Kittitas Valley, which is related to um, basically where is the fill coming from for the the Kittitas Valley. Is Is it a bunch of river rock coming off the Cascades, or is it river rock coming from the east? But the point is, very late in the season, in November, Andrew invited me to come out. He wanted to show me the stuff he's been learning. And I learned a great deal from him and his assistant, Bodie, that day. But we were talking as the day wore on about all these folks visiting me uh, involving the Tianaway rhyolite in this story. And his ears perked up because Andrew uh, was trained down in Nevada working with hydrothermal um, systems. Uh, gold and those kinds of rocks and those kinds of faults and those kinds of agate fillings, etc. And so he has become very interested because he has expertise in that area. And so perhaps he can start looking further to the north of his field area and actually get into this Tianaway rhyolite country and work some things out. So we got lots going on now in a relatively small amount of time with a lot of different characters And the potential is a major story developing. In Andrew's words, uh, I wonder if we're on the edge of something bigger, if there's something, if there's some sort of heat source or some sort of major structure that's beneath the Columbia River basalt. That's a working thought. Andy up in Cleellum, who's my guru uh, from behind the scenes uh, and keeps me on the straight and narrow. Has pointed out that a generation ago, a caldera called the Goat Mountain Caldera, up near Mount Daniels, basically in the Clielam roslin area to the northwest of there, there's some structures and some rocks, <coughs> excuse me, in the, the Goat Mountain Caldera uh, that's roughly 24 million years old. What is going on here? Exciting. And I see that my battery on my laptop is running low. And so I think I'm going to wrap this one up. Is this one disjointed? Yes, it is. Is it full of question marks? Yes, it is. Is this what the podcast will be like from this point forward? Just a bunch of question marks? Of course not. I've got something up my sleeve. And now that I have a little bit of time, I need to bone up on a little bit of technology. Uh, But I've got a plan for the next batch of episodes. Thanks to all of you for your feedback about ideas on how to proceed since we're done with the Geology 101 class. So I've got some thoughts, got some things coming, uh, but this little question mark episode gives you a little window into my world, which is really invigorating to get lots of different kinds of folks uh, bringing their rocks physically uh, bringing their ideas um, guidance to look through past scientific work and to try to tease out not a minor story but a potentially a major story uh, that could be uh, pretty meaty here in the next few years if everything falls right sue me if I'm optimistic don't sue me please don't sue me please don't sue me Please continue listening uh, just for the mere enjoyment of it. Might have to cut this last part. Kind of a stupid way to end the episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.